You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. This review is brought to you by the streaming service Film Movement Plus, which opens up a world of award-winning entertainment, including some of the best films from around the globe. Among the hundreds of titles waiting for you to discover are some of the best films from 2020, including The Wild Goose Lake, Zombie Child, and more. Available on Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire, as well as streaming online and on mobile, Film Movement Plus is priced at $5.99 a month. But, as a listener of Digital Noise, Film Movement Plus will give you a 30-day free trial, plus the next three months at 50% off when you use the promo code NOISE. Sign up today at filmmovementplus.com. This movie review also comes for subscribers at Time Lord level or above an uncut, unedited, longer video version of the review. Become a subscriber and check it out. so much stuff today and yesterday about the finale of WandaVision and all I could think about was that I'm like Michael Palin driving a steamroller towards people on the internet who are stuck in cement begging that I hear them out while I just scream at them over and over again revenge Wanda that's a fish called Wanda (laughs) reference in case someone has not seen that movie and if you haven't what is wrong with you see that movie it's one of the greatest comedies ever made WandaVision is not really like that though WandaVision is, of course, a adaptation of, I would argue, two or three different comic books runs, actually, sort of crunched together elements of them, that is part of the MCU, the first of the Disney sh- live-action shows on Disney+, Plus that tie directly into the films, as opposed to the previous only kind of tangentially off to the side tied into the film Marvel television shows of the past eight or nine years on other networks. Wanda Maximoff, who will become the Scarlet Witch, played by Elizabeth Olsen, and Paul Bettany as Vision. It was kind of somewhat more or less established that yes, they are. Something's been going on. There's some like robot hot loving that's been happening behind the scenes in the MCU. But you know, if you've watched the movies, Vision gets a not pretty ending inside of Scarlet Witch's arms. And this is after the end game. Time has passed. Apparently, Scarlet Witch has just gone bonkers crazy because she's taken over an entire town with her red light powers and has made everything into a 50 sitcom where it's her and Vision living together happily. And everyone watching the show is like, what the hell's going on here? The first three episodes of the show is about, here's the explanation for that, dribble by dribble. And then the rest of it is basically more MCU stuff. It's not a criticism per se, just calling it like it is. But who else is here to talk about this show with me? First, we've got Rose. Hello. Who's spectacularly dressed up for the event. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. <laughs> and we've got Elliot. Hello. And Doggett. Hey, fake Doggett. Foggett. Why are you fake Doggett? Because we're all fake, aren't we? I'm not me. All right, Holden Caulfield. You're all just constructs of my emotional pain. I had actually considered that as a possibility, Rose. But, you know, I still have my cats, so it's okay. 
WandaVision is the product of a lot of different people. So I have a hard time even pointing at a single person. This Jack Schaefer is the creator of it. Female creator, which is cool for Marvel. She co-wrote Captain Marvel. But there's a lot of chefs involved in making this particular stew. That much is clear. One of the real pleasures right from the start was seeing some of the side cast here. Like when we realized her neighbor is played by the always delightful and wacky Catherine Hahn. Yes. She's so cool. And you mo- you know the moment you see her, there's got to be something going on with that character. <laughs> and speaking of, this is a full spoiler review. So if you haven't seen this, you don't want it spoiled for you. We're here to discuss it as it is. So as things go on, we start to realize in the sitcoms evolve by the decade. They have children that grow up super, super fast. Twins even, which if you've read the comic books, you're like, oh yeah, that was a thing that happened in the comics as well. But you also know things, at least at first, didn't turn out too well for the nature of the twins' existence as as it were. But it seems clear that something is going on. Someone is manipulating her. Of course, as you've seen all over the internet by now, it was Agatha all along, or Catherine Hahn, who is playing character Agatha Harkness, who was a witch in the books, which is weird because in the comics, she's always been sort of a neutral force. She's like a gray yeah. Jedi, kind of. She's not a bad person, but she will do what needs to be done, even if it's kind of fucked up, if it ends up going the right way in the end. And here, they're kind of playing her more as a, a darker character, I thought. Oh, for sure. I think that's one, ultimately, with the finale, one of my main problems, as we see everything comes to a head, as she is revealed as the manipulator behind the scenes, another powerful witch trying to take Wanda's power for herself, which made me have a big question mark. How does that work exactly? But at the same time, going, oh, well, that power is bad. You don't want that power. That power is, look, here in the Darkhold, which, by the way, looks completely different than it did on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I have no (laughs) idea what canon is anymore. It's more like the Necronomicon from Evil Dead. I think on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Coulson did mention that it takes different forms because he shows a picture of something and said, oh, that's what it used to look like. So when it's on a fake Marvel show, it looks like that. When it's on a real Marvel show, it looks like this. (laughs) (laughs) okay so that's fair (laughs) i don't think anyone's gonna be mining back to agents of shield in the mcu anytime soon for canon materials hey i like agents of shield too but you know what i mean yeah hey i like smallville too don't worry about it (laughs) after the second season the mcu kind of did this like don't talk to me talk to the Mm -hmm. hand i don't i don't really know what you're doing (laughs) just we're not we don't really care Thanks, Ike Perlmutter. That show takes place in the Endgame parallel universe, actually. I don't know. I mean, I'd love it if they were like, what are you talking about? Agent Coulson's been here all along. He's fine. Speaking of, I think had the whole continuity mess between the TV and movie divisions not happened, I think he would have been a good fit on this show. I agree. I mean, they probably would have been in Jimmy Hughes' role, which mm-hmm. is to bring up some of the side characters here. Uh, or sorry, Jimmy Wu, played by Randall Park, who is FBI agent working with S.W.O.R.D. We previously saw him in Ant-Man, the Ant-Man movies. And Darcy Lewis, played by Kat Dennings, who was previously in the first two Thor films. And I love that they bring in these much smaller, very tertiary characters and giving them more to do. They also brought in, for the first time, technically... Tayona Paris as Monica Rambeau. We met a little girl playing the young version of her in Captain Marvel, but now she's all grown up, the daughter of Maria Rambeau. We know if you read the comics, oh, Monica Rambeau ends up becoming Captain Marvel, who later became Photon, who later became Spectrum. Yeah, watch out, Brie Larson. Yeah, presumably she's going straight <laughs> to either Photon or Spectrum. They're going to skip over the Captain Marvel name altogether. This is also kind of her origin story. At least she kind of gets more. Whereas, once again, towards the end, I'm like, so you're just gonna do all this great stuff with Jimmy Woo and Darcy Lewis to the point where fans are going, make their own show, give yeah. them their own show. And then at the end, Darcy Lewis is on camera 
for three seconds. Man, this show is called WandaVision. This isn't called Darcy. It's not called Jimmy Woo. Also, by the way, if they weren't played by Randall Park or Kat Dennings, if they were played by the characters from Agents of the S.H.I.E.L.D., you wouldn't care if they got no story at the <laughs> Probably. end. Are you just here to bag on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Doggett? I like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Are you sure? Yeah. I like them well enough. I'm like, sure, I would watch that show, but still it felt a little weird for them to spend as much time as they did and then just completely write them out of the show, basically, uh, only to have them both have such tiny moments in the last episode that it was almost insulting, kind of, to the characters. Yeah. You're like, what was that? That maybe the super blunt way a lot of those things ended may have been COVID casualties because the filming of this ran right up to when everything caught on fire. One weird thing was, of course, the first, I would say, major mic drop of the show, having Quicksilver show up, except he's not being played by Aaron Taylor Johnson, who he was played by in the previous MCU films, but that character had died. He reappears as Evan Peters, who played him in the X-Men universe Fox films. I mean, obviously it was a big deal. And even the show went like record scratch. Darcy Lewis, that said, oh my God, she recast (laughs) (laughs) inside of her show. That was a big deal. And I know for some people, it was kind of a disappointment that it didn't play out for more. I would have loved to have seen this ended up being the introduction to like the X-Men universe. And that would have been a cool sideways way to do it. But it wasn't. And it was what it was. And it was cool to see Peters, who I always thought was the better Quicksilver of the two anyway, get to play Quicksilver again. So I'm like, eh. I just thought they kind of wasted his ending by making him just kind of one giant tease for the audience. I loved it. I love that Marvel trolls, you nerds. I love the end is just icy wiener. Yeah, it was one big joke. That was like a a Ryan Johnson level, oh, I'm sorry, were you expecting kind of thing. It's like, why? We, the audience, know why this is significant, but the characters don't, so what was the point of that other than just for kind of a F you to the audience? I feel like they kind of telegraphed it, though, with the kick-ass joke in there. They were like, (laughs) well, we're being really irreverent about this from the get-go. obviously kind of just joking around a little bit everything with him got so meta there was a point i was like it almost honestly would feel a little weird if this was their segue into the x-men universe and they had announced that they weren't bringing in any of the actors from the fox movies to play their x-men characters we all know we want the guy from letter kenny to play wolverine now so what i figured they were going to do with it and this is what a lot of people had theorized that in wanda's grief or perhaps agatha's wanting to have a quicksilver there to emotionally manipulate wanda that one of them had sought out any Quicksilver and that's the one they happened to pluck not necessarily that it was that cast and that franchise merging into this one but that would have just been a good setup for the multiverse stuff too of oh we can just take these characters from anywhere now hint 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 for just being practical are you going to pluck somebody out of an ultimate universe or are you going to go to the douchebag next door and have her pretend to be her brother and it works I mean, if you're magic, you can do any of it. The real question, I think this will end up playing into the Doctor Strange movie, which is the title alone, making very clear it's into parallel universes. That's what the movie's about. It's not like it was just some random person. If he wanted, she wanted to fool Wanda with her brother, why wouldn't she have chosen Aaron Taylor Johnson's likeness? Instead, it was this other guy. Why would she choose some random person? The only explanation to me is, well, because she's connected to some degree to viewing into the multiverse and she got confused herself. There's like a parallel universe that's close to ours that that's what Quicksilver looks like. Maybe they'll drag him into it. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll just acknowledge, oh, that's why that happened, because the guy from that universe looked that way. But one way or the other, we know they're bringing 
bringing in the X-Men and you can't just go, oh, this suddenly just started happening. Well, I know that was one of the big speculations of this show early on is people saying that this was going to create the mutants and they were going to have kind of a fun little reverse on the famous or infamous no more mutants moment where you throw a comma in there and it's no more mutants and that's <laughs> yeah. that would have been it's funny Lionel Hutz. oh they got this all screwed up <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of people making a lot of presumptions about what might be happening including me and that's just part of the fun for me I and mean, i spent like all of lost every week getting together with my friends and talking about for hours oh, how man. we thought all the pieces fit together and sometimes we were right but most of the time we were wrong and that was a delight in and of itself there's nothing wrong with fantasizing and trying to figure out what the mystery box is as long as you don't throw a fit when it's not what you thought it was yeah. that's my favorite bit though i love that they tricked you it's all these fan theories all these fucking crazy fan theories people would have like mephisto is the bunny <laughs> everyone was mephisto there was that delivery guy driving the presto delivery van yeah. early yeah. on and there's a moment where he speaks in the finale and i was like oh we're about to see mephisto <laughs> I always thought it was Dormammu. I was the one guy going, it's not Mephisto, it's Dormammu, I'm telling you. And it was neither. You're so. a bigger comic book nerd. Look, we grew up on the Netflix shows. We should all, like, tamper our expectations a little bit. Come on. Grew up? How old are you? I was going to say, grew up. <laughs> I was in my 40s. Doc, it was only manufactured in, like, 2010. That's true. That's fair. I think that I was really with the show all the way through it until the final episode. And even then, just minor th complaints that weren't even anything to do with stuff I would have preferred to have happen. It was so inventive what they were creating here. And then 20 minutes of the finale is just two girls throwing fucking different colored light at each other. Why was Hayward arrested? Because he tried to kill children. Those are fake children, first off. They had already established that he went above his station on multiple levels. He had made orders that were definitely not his call to make that were illegal. If you ask those town people, who would they rather get arrested, Wanda or him? Well, they, they don't even know who he is. You sat them down and explained everything that happened over the last, like, probably two months no they'd be pissed at wanda but no one has the ability to arrest wanda i had yeah. someone tell me a friend of mine say i was genuinely disappointed that it felt like she didn't get any sort of comeuppance i'm like i don't think we watched the same show i don't know what type of comeuppance you think in this universe anyone could do to wanda maximoff i mean unless she willingly went yes take me to jail but she wasn't going to do that i mean she lost everything yeah she lost her family again i would call that comeuppance enough she enslaved an entire town we get it it's <laughs> terrible but to say she never got any comeuppance no i saw too much dragging of hayward that i will never let this go hayward was a terrible person he deserved she took to get a town in trouble hostage, but she also essentially has like nuclear weapons in her back pocket this show made me say tony stark was right and nothing should make me say that this is a really <laughs> weird hill to die on my dude but at least you're dead i can't agree with you doggett not only did she get a big comeuppance she thought she was at rock bottom before now she's at rock rock bottom and she's going crazy like we thought she was crazy before when that final end end credit scene where she's sitting there like double timing and she's reading the dark hold which even super powerful magic folk are warned yeah, you probably don't want to try and read the dark hold it doesn't work out well for anyone who messes with it i think we're definitely heading towards a villainous wanda maximoff arc in the movies and this is the beginning of it no because like i said i mean here it was the product of insanity everything that she was doing she wasn't making a conscious choice but what about when she walks out of the barrier and threatens everybody and then just walks back in it looks like she's pretty conscious of what she's doing no she's conscious that it's her town that she's protecting she even says protecting it. you're fixating on one point 
I think there was other things here towards the end as well that I really liked. Like I loved the two visions coming together and the point they're fighting, which is like, okay. But then the moment where they stop and have a logical discussion about these is a ship. That's the kind of Marvel shit I love because that's what vision would do. Even like dark vision would be like, wait a minute, this doesn't logically make sense. Why are we fighting anyway? I kind of love all that. And I'm glad they did because they they were tearing up that library and I was sitting there going, oh no, please stop. That's a really nice library. Boys, please take that outside. It does mean, of course, that because now he has all those memories, we're going to see Vision back in the regular universe. I just hope he doesn't choose the all white look. You don't like all white? What's wrong with being all white, Chris? Come on. Well, it depends on what you mean by that. I do love the vision as a character. I don't think he ever got a fair shake in the movies. It was a lot of like, oh, there's a bunch of stuff you didn't get to see, but it was cool. We promise. My favorite thing about this show and future shows going forward, arguably, is that now it's giving these characters and some of the side characters so much more time to breathe, to develop, to make it where we care more about what happens to them when people are blowing stuff up in the movies. I'm glad that we finally got a show like this because Wanda and the Vision are two of the more interesting characters in all of Marvel comics, especially Wanda. I mean, she's just one giant trauma ball and they really sidelined her in the movies. They're setting her and I guess Vision up as these kind of new anchors for going forward post-Endgame because they're fascinating and they really deserve their time in the spotlight. Let's do our final thoughts. Dog it, what the hell? Get us started and get this out of the way. I love this show. This is like my favorite show of the year. I know it sounds like a complaint, but I liked that Wanda's a fucking villain in this show. She is going to do whatever the fuck she wants, and she's not going to apologize for it. Like, you know, how she didn't apologize to the entire town. So I'm going to give this 10 out of 10 hexes. Elliot? Yeah, I like this show much more than I didn't, and I'm, I'm right there with you. I liked pretty much everything right up until the final episode, and most of my complaints about the final episode have nothing to do with fan theories and wanting more. I, I, I would have liked something, even if it was just like a passing reference to Doctor Strange. They said the Sorcerer Supreme, you're even more powerful than him. That's Well, that's all, but still. Yeah. Passing reference accounts. The rest of the show apes certain eras and tropes of TV in this finale, I think really ended up capturing a lot of weak TV series finale. A lot of characters got some sort of short shrifts, some things that didn't make sense, some sort of narrative corners that were cut. Randall Park's character kind of gets out of a situation in a rather cheap way, although I guess they set it up with his magic trick, but it felt a little bit cheap to me. I was really with the show for the most part, and I really like it for doing something daring and new. Still, frankly, like it better than any of the Netflix shows. Most of those really just put me to sleep about the third or fourth episode. I really hope that we see more of Agatha. I know that she's tied into the Fantastic Four in the comics a little bit. That's usually when she appears as Fantastic Four stuff, which is weird because that's it's a science comic and she's straight up magic. So, yeah, <laughs> right. I think right. they t- ended up making her appear more when they revealed Dr. Doom's origins involved magic and they made him more of a magical character. Like this more than it didn't. You know, anyone who's interested in Marvel who watches the MCU should definitely watch this. I'm going to give it seven and a half out of ten giant floating runes. I really wish I could have seen that scene in a theater. I just yeah. thought it was a pretty oh. good choreographed scene. I was watching it on my TV and I was like, this is really beautiful. Rose? I really, really dug this. I thought it started out a little slow. The the 50s and 60s episodes were almost the same in terms of what happened and the plot progression and everything, but it really 
gets going and doesn't stop until that final episode where I think some elements were a little undercooked. But overall, I am super glad that they made this. I had a lot of fun watching it. I'm, I'm glad to see Wanda finally getting her due in the MCU. And there was one uh, other reference to Doctor Strange that you guys missed there in that last scene where we see her all, you know, reading the Darkhold. The music that plays as soon as it turns the corner into the bedroom is Doctor Strange's theme slowed down and played in the minor key. That was mm -hmm. pretty cool. So there's a choice between that and any given 80s song. Yeah, <laughs> right? Now they're saving all that for Thor 4. But overall, I would give it nine little bit on-the-nose references to The Wizard of Oz out of ten. <laughs> This thing is so filled with references, constant references, and some of the most of them are super subtle. Like, oh, wow. I was like, there's stuff that even as a hardcore canon comic books fan, I had to stop and look up and go, I know that's something. I just don't know what it is because it was so obscure. Like every time they did a television commercial, that always was a nod to something in the comics. Like uh, the best being, I assume, just doesn't mean anything in the context of this show, but the one for a Nexus product yeah. in the comics, Wanda ends up being revealed as a nexus being every version of the universe every multiverse has one person who is technically the most powerful person in that entire universe who the very existence of the entire universe rests on their existence the nexus being and that's wanda maximoff in the comics i doubt they're going to go there in the series per se but i certainly could see them making her a shit ton more powerful as this goes along in fact it seems like there's little doubt well they really were taking a lot of drugs in the 70s <laughs> you have no idea dude and the 80s i can witness that one personally anyway this is i think for the first nine episodes one of the best things on television in years i loved it i love that i'm seeing people who'd never even cared about marvel stuff before watching it and getting really into it and really enjoying it i hope that the future of a lot of the marvel products is going to be we should be definitely telling more character driven stories i think they've always done a good job on that overall their best stuff has really nailed that i thought endgame and infinity war really nailed that stuff of mixing a great heady mix of action and really well written well acted character stuff this is excellent and then the last episode like i said has moments i went like well that doesn't even make any sense like the stuff with the two side characters just kind of oh there they are and now they're gone and and Evan Peters coming to sort of a wah-wah, like, oh, well, I guess it was super obvious what his deal was. And you were just kind of, as Doggett said, trolling us. But at the same time, it was like, well, it's kind of underwhelming no matter what we might have been thinking yeah. for that to be all it was. And the big fights, they're cool for a little bit, but they go on super long. And I was like, all right, can we wrap this up, please? And get to like something again that means something. And this isn't because I feel bad for... The guy who was, I'm blanking on his name, the guy the guy who's the military guy. Hayward? Yeah. The writing of him in the last couple episodes gets absurd, where you're yeah. just like, okay, come on. Before, he was actually making some good points here and there, and you're like, all right, so he's bending the rules a little bit. This is a concerning situation, but then they made him into this ridiculous villain, even to the point that, apropos of absolutely nothing, he tries to shoot Wanda's children yeah he unloads a clip those those super powered nuclear bombs in waiting disarmed his men they're children dog it they didn't exist i don't buy it no he didn't know that yes he does <laughs> he saw the show they didn't say that in the show yeah they did they showed them aging up they showed them aging up but he doesn't know they don't exist you think this guy understands magic he understands a sitcom 
nope, sorry, don't buy it. Still children. I think you'd have yeah. to be a pretty horrible person to see physical, actual small children in front of you and point blank try and shoot them with a gun. I think no, there's no version of that story that ends up with you not being an absurd villain. Yeah. That kind of pissed me off. I was like, ugh, you're just ripping me right out of this thing. But ultimately, at the end, I was still like, okay, this was pretty good. But I'm going to go back and watch it again at some point for sure. I'm really grateful we get a whole new, totally different topic MCU show in two weeks. Although I guess there's a making of special coming on next week, next Friday, that they're going to do. Anyway, yeah, I'm going to give this... Nine out of ten times I went, oh my god, look, it's Anya from Buffy the Vampire Slayer for two seconds. <laughs> Who also turned out to be nothing, really. She was never going to be Anya, so. That aerospace engineer, like, all the wild theories for that one, that one had me rolling forever. Dude, you know the main reason why people were thinking Mephisto was the bunny? Because... Anya was in it. The actress who played Anya in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and her big musical moment in the famous Buffy musical episode is her saying all this evil, it's all because of the bunnies. The bunnies did everything. (laughs) And so all these people like that is a clue that the bunny is the key to everything. (laughs) I think the bunny is a cat that was turned into a bunny. (laughs) And that's why it ate the mouse. (laughs) 